0: Welcome to the Littlestown Chapel Podcast. Make sure to check us out on the web at littlestownchapel.org. Now, we hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Joshua Stratton. Well, good morning, everybody you don't know, my name is Pastor Josh. If you're here for the first time, I'm the assistant pastor. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And um, there is no teen church today. I'm also the youth pastor, if you didn't know that. Um, so you are stuck. But don't worry, we're going to play a game in just a minute. But I wanted to um, embarrass... Uh, somebody here who's not expecting this, but uh, Josh Brown is in the back, and uh, he is going to boot camp this coming week. He's going to serve our nation in the Marines. Stand up, brother. He's the one who went like this, but uh, if you get a chance, say hi to him so we've been the last couple of weeks in a series called it's time and this is our theme for the year it's time it's time for salvation salvation is now when you put your faith in Jesus Christ God comes in and he saves you and salvation means something and we want to be walking in that, living in that hope of salvation. And so we've been flushing uh, flushing this out, if you will, and slowing down a little bit and looking at the intricacies of what salvation means, what it doesn't mean. And we talked about how God has come and he has rescued us. We talked about what that looks like. In, 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 in our lives, when he, he comes in, he remakes us. He said he, uh, he actually does away with the old. And we are born anew. We are born of heaven. A new spirit when we put our faith in Christ. A new spirit that is without sin and is guarded by God's spirit, God himself. And this means we live in a new freedom, a freedom from sin, a freedom from the weight of the law, a freedom from religion, a freedom that has invited us into a relationship with God. And really, everything boils down to our relationship with God. That's what all this is about That's what salvation is. A relationship with God. And so today I want to take the, 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 the day to slow down some more and think about what does it mean to live in that freedom. I want us to stop proving ourselves and rest in the hope of Jesus. And that means something. That means we cannot focus on whether we've nailed it or failed it. To get a grasp on this, we're gonna play a game that I like to call Nailed It or Failed It. Yes, if you were in the the student ministry, you have played this game. And today because Flannel is in, we're gonna do the Lumberjack edition. That's right, the Lumberjack edition of Nailed It or Failed It. And I'm gonna show you a YouTube video. And it's the right before a catastrophe. And uh, you have to decide of whether or not this will end in catastrophe or it won't. So you're gonna it'll pause and you say, did they nail it or fail it? Now I want you to yell it out, okay? So let's let's try this out here. Are you ready? Can we play a game at church? I think we can. That's right. Alright, go ahead and play the video. Fail, 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 failed! Failed it, nailed it, we're mixed here. Ooh, that's not good yeah hey good work but I think that was only 50% of you see if you can do a little bit better this time alright let's see this one here okay here we go Play the next one. See if we can get this one here. Can to get what he's trying to do here. Huh? Failed it. Couple nailed it. Right, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Ooh. Ooh, there's a wheel. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so close. that's my favorite one (laughs) alright I think this is the last one right one more here we go nailed it got a couple nailed it over here got some failed it okay alright ooh ooh man please tell me (laughs) please tell me that wasn't his neighbor's house (laughs) <laughs> oh, we can have a little bit of fun here. The reality is, is that um, the gospel, the gospel, really takes effect when we stop focusing on whether we have failed or we have nailed it. In fact, the gospel is about a hope. And Jesus Christ. A hope that doesn't depend upon you and what you've done. A hope that depends upon Jesus and what He has done. Now, I'm slowing this down today because I know we've talked about it the last couple of weeks, but we've got to understand the reality that Jesus came for you and He did the work, and our hope is in that and not in ourselves. We've got to stop proving ourselves and start resting in Jesus Christ. I want everyone to walk out of here today with a real understanding of the hope that you have in Jesus Christ and that you could see yourself walking, living in that hope. And to do that, we're going to look at Romans chapter 5. So if you would turn with me to Romans chapter 5. If you're using one of the Bibles here at church, it's actually on page 942. Romans chapter 5, page 942. There is... power over sin in the name of Jesus Christ there is not power over sin in the name of Josh Stratton or in anyone else when in some of the most difficult struggles of my life my my hope and victory over sin was destroyed because i tried to do it on my own and i'm going to be i'm going to be honest with you for a minute here i want to share with you that i have struggled with sin in my life i've struggled with lust i've struggled with pornography and i tell you with i tell you this because i want i want to give some people a glimpse of hope here and i, I two two things robbed me of, of the hope that we're talking about one was I thought that I could fix it by myself? I just would stop doing it. <laughs> Think of the sick cycle that that was. You know, I'm just gonna stop doing it. I'm just, I'm just gonna stop. And that that didn't, that didn't, that didn't help. I didn't find any victory in that. In fact, sin dwells in darkness. It's, it's like a fungus. It grows. And just consumes us and gets bigger and bigger and bigger in fact in college it was like my identity and I I only found victory when I was able to confess it and not just in the secret place and my conversations with the Lord but the spirit of the Lord is in his people And I had to bring myself to confess that sin to people, godly people, who I trust that would help me through it. You see, sin is destroyed in the light. The greatest disinfectant is sunlight, bringing it into the light, confessing our sins to fellow believers is a recipe for victory and we gotta do that and man I had to do that and I have to keep on doing that and I have to recognize who I am and my shortcomings and I am every week on a regular basis contacting godly men who love me and wanna see me succeed But there's a second thing I that when I struggled some price had to be paid before I could come back into a relationship with God. I believed that some time had to pass that I was obedient before I could go before God, before I could relate to Him again, before He even wanted to see me. Friends, that is a sick lie from the pits of hell. The only way that we get off of the floor, the only way that we get cleansed from our sin, the only way that we find victory is in the relationship with Jesus Christ. He wants to meet you where you are at. And Satan tricks us and say, "You gotta pay for it. You gotta do something before you can come to God." Now I'm not saying that there's not damage in that relationship, but God is saying, "Come here. I want you." And I could not find victory outside of that realization. That is hope, friends. That's the importance of not proving to yourself. You are justified in God through Jesus Christ, by your faith in Him. Justified. Made right. Okay? And, and we've got to get that. We're going to, we're going to flesh that out today. So what we're going to do is, this passage is all about that. Paul wants the, 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 the church in Rome to understand their hope in Jesus Christ. is through faith and through the blood of Jesus Christ justifying them and only in that let's pray before we read God's word this morning heavenly father i thank you so much for your word this morning lord, uh, lord uh, uh we're weak we need you we need change in our lives lord we need we need you i pray that you would teach us through your word this morning By your Holy Spirit that it would come alive to us, Lord, that none of us would leave here unchanged. Lord, I am inadequate to stand up here. Lord, would you teach us? And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Word of God says this, verse 1, chapter 5, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings For the ungodly, for one would scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. This is such a powerful verse and, and it is showing us and trying to convince us of the, the hope and how big the hope is in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And he starts out there saying that you are justified. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are actually made right before God. It's in some ways like a legal term, if you will, kind of picture a courtroom where you are on trial because of your sin, and this trial is going on, and all the, all the, the, the witnesses are being called, and it's not good. <laughs> The witnesses are coming and they 're trying to present your character, and the truth is being brought to light. and your char- character is condemning you. And all the facts and the evidence come across to the judge, and it's clear: you are guilty. you are guilty and the penalty The sentence is death. The sentence is the full wrath of God. And this is dark, this is big, this is final, this is eternity. The Bible describes our debt. The Bible describes the wrath of God as a punishment for the wicked. It describes it as a place, an existence of eternal fire. It describes it as an unquenchable fire, an everlasting contempt, a conviction, a place of torment and destruction. We're already experiencing this. The world is full of death and destruction and hurt and pain. No one has escaped this. We are all guilty of sin. We are all in need of justification. We're all in need of being saved. The debt is so big, you could never pay for it. Friends, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for myself. I'm afraid for my children. I need a savior. But legally, the reality is I am guilty, caught red handed. I owe too much. But before the verdict is read, one more witness comes in he presents a new case his name is Jesus and the judge and the jury it looks at this new evidence and when the verdict is read you stand up and the judge says not guilty and instead that new witness comes in and he is guilty and you are now justified free and you walk out of that courtroom and the pain and the punishment and the horror And the death is paid by Jesus Christ. He became sin for you. So that you would be freed. Look at verse 6. While we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 9 Therefore, we now have been justified, made right by His blood. Christ became the substitute for you so that you now would be free. Debt is paid. Legal obligation is done. That is justification. But it can't be left there. Justification is much more than that. Justification is relational. It's like, it's, it's, it's like vindicated, cleared, uh, blameless, not even a suspicion of sin. Jesus comes into our lives and justifies us and reconciles us justification is more than a legal standing justification is God coming in and fixing things relationally because in reality God isn't a God of transaction God created you not to follow rules and regulations God created you to have a relationship with him track what I'm saying here the problem wasn't that you weren't obedient enough the problem was that you were out of a relationship with him justification has to be partly about reconciliation do you understand what I'm saying here the the amazing thing about our salvation is not only are we made right with God but we are made right in a relationship with God what was the original sin was the original sin that Adam and Eve ate some type of fruit that they were told not to eat That wasn't the original sin. The original sin that Adam and Eve was not just disobedient. The temptation from the serpent was, you can eat this, and when you do, your eyes will be opened, and you will know this new revelation of good and evil. And God doesn't want you to have that, because then you would be like him. And Adam and Eve took that and their eyes were opened because they wanted to be like God. They were saying that they didn't want God to have that control over them any longer. They were saying that they didn't trust him anymore, that they didn't trust his timing, and I don't even know how things would have played out later as God's relationship developed with his new creation and that he would have revealed the truth to them later on. There's just this... Total disregard because Adam and Eve say, I don't need you anymore. I can take this power and I can become God. That is the sin. You were created for God. Your existence is dependent upon that relationship with Him. And we just threw that away. And it has destroyed us and affected humanity generation after generation after generation because the relationship was broken and sin has caused these horrible wounds that needed to be paid for. It had to be paid for. And I thought about this a lot this week as I was was studying this. Could God have done something else? Did he have to send his own son? And what a relational thing to do, that God would become man and he would learn by living and experiencing Talk about relating to somebody. He knows what it feels like. He lived here. He felt the pressures. He understood the culture. He knew all the things going on. He became you. Man, he knows you. And even in all that, he died for you. And he had to do that. Because sin... It has to be paid for. It is so bad. Sin is bad. It destroys relationships. It leaves wounds that are are deep, and sometimes it feels like they could never be reconciled. God is a just God, He's a gracious God. And that's what we see at the cross the graciousness of the substitution of Jesus Christ and the brutality of that sin was so bad that he needed to be beaten, that he needed to be whipped beyond recognition, that he would actually be nailed to a cross and that the nails, he would have put his pressure on the nails in his, in his hands to lift himself up to just breathe. He suffered greatly. Stabbed in the side and buried dead because sin is that bad. It's grieved him that much. God had to pay for it. He's a just God and we want a just God. How do you tell a child who's been abused that it wasn't that bad? Just forget it. It Didn't happen. How do you? a woman whose husband has cheated on her. Not that big of a deal. It is that big of a deal. It's got to be paid for. We have a loving, merciful God that paid for it. And in the death on the cross, we are reconciled to Him and he had to hang there in a way that all could see for you and me. I've been a, a pastor here for mm-hmm. 15 years or so. And uh, of that time, I've had a lot of people, couples, come to me for, for counseling and, and uh, marriage counseling, premarital counseling. And, and, um, and, and some of the situations that have come across my desk Been really hard things. I've been like, I don't see how we're gonna get past this one. You know, difficult wounds from years of emotional abuse, difficult wounds from from financial struggles, wounds from infidelity, wounds from stuff that was even people went to prison over. And all these cases. The ones who survived, the ones who were able to reconcile, even in some of the most ridiculous things that that we could get ourselves into, they reconciled when in the relationship justice was paid. When they felt the pain that was caused, when they saw the wounds and they responded to it. Do you see what I'm saying? Jesus hung on that tree for you so that we could see the gravity of our sin, so that we could see how bad it was, how deep the wounds in the relationship with him, how bad it was that we left him and went to another, how bad it was, our sin. It was so dark And then, and only then, when we come to the foot of the cross and we're undone about it and we see our need for a Savior, we see that our sin was that bad and that Jesus would even dare die for us and care for us and be whipped and beaten to that degree. And then, as we're there, we are ready because, man, we need a Savior. We need a Savior. Only the guilty need a savior. Only the ones that don't see the grotesqueness of their own sin turn to a God and say, I'm done proving myself. I'm done carrying it myself. I'm done trying to get saved myself. I'm done trying to fix my own sins. And you cling to the cross of Jesus Christ and you say, I need you. This is salvation. And this is the importance of justification. There is nothing between you and God. Nothing between you and God. What are you hanging on to? What are you waiting for? God says, I am here, right here, right now. There's nothing between you and me. I've paid for it. And I want you to step out and put your faith in me and just try it. My arms are open. I'm ready to get back into relationship with you. I'm ready to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, that love that's been poured out into you. God remakes your you have a new spirit a spirit where the old one is God and this new one is without sin and God is saying that I'm now I can now build a relationship with you again I can trust you I can put you back into it with me I'm declaring it I'm making it happen and my Holy Spirit is in you reconciling you making you holy talk about being made right before God There is a hope. No more sin in your life. No more struggle with it at all. And we have this hope. We're experiencing it as he is cleansing us and sanctifying us in the name of Jesus Christ. It's so awesome. I, 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 I've preached this twice today and I'm almost tearing up again. A couple of, uh, this is uh, maybe maybe a year ago now, um, we had uh, cleaners come in here and they've come a couple different times to clean the floors and I started talking to one of the guys and we hit it off he plays guitar and whatnot and you know and <clears throat> we started talking about some song and it was a song that was a Christian song you know and I was like oh do you like that stuff he's like oh, I just really like that song I'm like, oh, that's cool you know you ever thought about coming to church he's like oh you don't want me coming to church here I'm like why man <laughs> can't be that bad he's like no I'm that bad you don't, you, don't want me, you don't want me around here. I'm too messed up. He's dead serious. I said, dude, if you can't come here, I can't come here. <laughs> I'm a mess. I'm a mess, man. I need a savior. But he could not get past it. He could not get past who he was. There is no way that God would want him. Friends, Jesus hung on a tree to prove to you that sin was bad enough, but yes, He paid for it, and now you can come back to a relationship with Him. You worried about not being good enough? You're right. You aren't good enough. Look at verse 6 while you were still weak at the time Christ died for the ungodly. He went down and got you. Verse 8, he showed his love for us while we were still sinners. You weren't seeking after God when he died for you. You weren't thinking, man, I see the power of Jesus and I want to fall before you. You weren't thinking that you were going to be a better person when he died for you. You weren't acting better. You weren't better at all. You were dead in your sins. You're still dividing yourself saying, I want to be God. You're still sleeping in somebody else's bed. And Jesus died for you. That's salvation. Nothing is holding you back. The cycle of sin can be broken in a relationship with Jesus Christ. God wants you. He has come for you. He has made it possible for you to have a relationship with him. He's paid and made you right and given you peace with God. How beautiful is the message of Jesus. Look at verse 2 again with me. Through him we have obtained access to access to God by our faith in Jesus Christ we stand in grace nothing is holding you back now is the time for salvation step out in faith seek him he will find you he will lift you up he will make you his own this isn't a court of judgment this is an adoption court And Jesus is saying, you are mine. If you're willing to step in, I will make sure of it. Talk about hope. This is hope that transforms everything we know. It's a hope that we rejoice in when we grab on to this idea of our forgiveness of sins, of God paying for it, when we stop trying to prove ourselves, when we step into that relationship with God, we get a new hope, a powerful hope, a hope that even stretches past some of the really dark things that happen here in our world, the suffering that we go through. Look at this, the last verse with me. verse 11 More than that we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation Friends this is our this is our application point this morning Rejoicing in our salvation what does it mean to rejoice? It means to, to have joy. It means to celebrate in. It means to basically be experiencing and, and acknowledging and aligning ourselves to having joy for the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. A couple of years ago, I was at one of the most difficult points in in my life. I was struggling with depression. And um, I had gone to the doctor and everything. And some of you have heard some of this story before. And during that time, during that time, I would consume Scripture like I haven't eaten in weeks. I was just... Eating it up, I was reading it and taking it in, you know, and 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 I was being realigned to the truth and to the hope that I would have in the future, where there was no more of these trials, no more of these struggles. And some of the things that I was struggling the most over with is I didn't have control over certain things, and man, I guess I'm a control freak because it made me sick. I thought I could, I thought I could control it and make it right, and I couldn't look into the future and say, yep, it's going to be okay. And the only thing I had was God's word eating it up and other godly men and, and godly, godly people speaking into my life. And when I was doing these things and even singing and rejoicing of the one thing I knew to be true, that there was a hope and a future, I was in the presence of God. I'm consuming these things and I'm experiencing God's presence and I can't explain it to you it was it was the major player in my healing this This is the hope that Paul's trying to show you. This is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 3 with me. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Hope that does not... Put us to shame. A hope because we know the promises are true. And friends, you'll never understand what we're talking about until you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And then you go through some sort of struggle. You go through some sort of suffering, and you start doing this comparison and contrast thing. Is here is the world I have now, and here is the promise I have in Jesus Christ. And in that suffering. He, when you rejoice, when you turn to the joy that we have in salvation, that comparison starts to happen and you start to be more aware of the presence of God more than any other time. That's the power of suffering. I can jump up and down because of the, the new relationship that I have, the new understanding that I have in God because of that depression. Do you understand? God loves you, and man, that hope when it, gets, when it gets pressed up against sadness and hurt and all the stuff this world has to offer, and you start to see how great the things you're hoping for are, that's life-changing, and I pray that for each and every one of us. It's time. To rejoice in the Lord. Find your joy in Him. Thessalonians 5.16 says it this way. Rejoice always. Find your joy in the Lord always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying... Rejoice always. It looks like this. Pray without ceasing. I'm not saying fold your hands and all day pray. Go find yourself a little closet and just sit there and pray all day. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to live in the presence of God. Think about that, what that would do for us. Think about how that would change our perspective when God is there with you and you are realigned with the truth of the gospel and the peace that God has made with you. Think about the reality if you are aware of God's presence in the times of suffering. When you're walking through the hallways and you're just torn apart because your friends are doing stuff that makes you distant from them or you're being bullied or maybe you're struggling with your math exam. Think about the, the struggles we have in our relationships, the struggles in our marriages, the difficulties in our workplaces. What change would our even behavior be if God, we are aware that he is living and active and he's inside of me right now, present with you. That comes when we are rejoicing in Him. We find our joy in Him when we are intentionally pursuing Him. Friends, I want to I do something a little different today. I want to give you an opportunity to do this. And it, it, it's, it's really going to be two opportunities. The first one, for those of us who are believers, I want to give you just a couple of minutes and, and the band's going to come up here and we're going to have like a couple minutes of silence and then we're going to sing a, there'll be a song that I think it would be a really powerful song for what we're doing and in that silence I want you to practice this being in the presence of God an acknowledgement of his presence in our lives I want you to rejoice in him the scripture tells us be still know that I am God I am here. Slow down. Stop for a minute. This is important. You're running around like I'm not even here. And I want you to hold out your hands like this while you're sitting here by yourself in the silence. And I want you to prepare yourself just with a couple of guidelines here. Take some deep breaths, settle in, and just pray some expressive prayer like this, simple like. Father, God, Daddy, here I am. God, of mercy, have mercy on me. Here I am. And some, some of us have, uh, I've heard some uh, people who uh, have given examples, like they picture themselves like kind of being held by God. And, and they're just expecting God and, and being in His presence. Just for a few moments, can we do that? Close your eyes. Offer a prayer to Jesus. Allow Him to have full access to your life. And when you get distracted, just let it go. Dump it. Come back. Lord, here I am. Here I am. guys. the power of the presence of God. This, this is a discipline that I, I want all of us to to, to grow. and It's going to be new. It's a, it's a challenge, I think, for many of us. Some of us don't have a relationship with Christ. And maybe even what I'm saying today is you're excited about this. You're interested in this, okay? And I want to, during this time, just call out to him, Lord, help me with my doubts. Lord, I heard some of these things. Would you meet me where I am? I need a Savior. Just start talking to him. Just be real to him. Maybe you just got some questions that you need to get off. Ask for some direction. Maybe your hurt is just so bad you feel like you can't come to him. Friends, please reach out to him. He is here waiting to hear from you. When we start singing this song, The beauty of the song is really walking through life with the presence of Jesus. That's what true salvation is. That's what justification means. I want you to feel that when you get this song. So here we go. A couple of minutes of silence, and then the band will start playing the song. Would you bow your heads with me?